Yo, 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 what's poppin'? It's your girl Malia, and welcome back to Young and Opinionated. You guys wrote into my Instagram at the Malia Elaine and told me you wanted to hear about my experience growing up mixed. And that's what I'll be sharing with you guys today. This is my experience, the way I've lived my 22 years. I don't want to downplay or disrespect anybody else's way of growing up or living. I'm just talking from my own experience and I'll share what it was like for me. For context, I did grow up in Southern California in LA my whole life and within the last two years I did move to Orange County. So changed the experience a little tiny bit but for the most part that is it. My background as far as my parents, my mom is white Um, She is Irish and German, I think, and my dad is African-American. My mom's family is from Minnesota, as well as um, South Bay, California, and my dad's family is from Birmingham, Alabama, and Detroit, Michigan. So to be quite honest with you, I wouldn't say I had any specific bad experience or good experience. This is all I know. This is all I've ever lived. I've never been another race. I've been black and white my whole life. I grew up um, from from zero to um, fifth grade. I was in a predominantly white neighborhood, um, a little bit of... Hispanic in the area, Um, and then from sixth grade all the way until senior year of high school, I was in an area that was predominantly Hispanic and Asian, very high Asian population, and then from college till now, I've lived in a predominantly white and Hispanic area. So, that is my background This is where I'm coming from. Now we can get into things. So like I said, just to reference, my mom is white and my dad is black. I did notice growing up that there weren't a whole lot of kids that looked like me. There were beautiful black girls and boys. There was beautiful white girls and boys. But out of my classes, I'm trying to think. I don't think from zero to fifth grade or even zero to middle school and middle school I don't think I ever saw another mixed girl that was black and white mom white dad black I knew kids who were Filipino and Mexican or Japanese and Chinese or Italian and Irish I didn't really know people um, that when I went to school with that were mixed. Um, My elementary school maybe had three black kids. That's a stretch. Um, That were in my grade. I don't even think they were in my grade. I don't remember having any black kids in anywhere in my elementary school, if I'm being quite honest with you. If I did have them they weren't in my classes, my classes personally. 
um, in middle school. I met one of my best friends till this day. Shout out Lizzie. Um, gorgeous Nigerian gal who has lots of sisters and I bonded with her on a lot of things but it was never like a race thing it was just I don't know I think our dads like picked us up one day and they did the like typical like head nod (laughs) to like acknowledge each other and I don't know we just we kicked it off we were in cheer together and we have a lot of similarities she's a gemini i'm an aquarius we have the air signs going for us i'm a gemini rising but yeah we've kept a close bond all the way since middle school but i honestly she was like one of my first ever like black friends um i did outside of school have a family friend who was mixed and she was a white mom black dad and we did bond over a lot of things we bonded over how to do our hair she taught me so much because she was a lot more girly girl and like she would experiment with her hair all the time where my mom showed me how to slick my hair back into a ponytail because she didn't really know how to do my hair any differently she would put my hair into like eight braids so that we wouldn't have to deal with it for the week like when I was little she would do pigtails and things like that but she didn't know how to like truly make my curls look great so I only knew what she taught me I wasn't the kid that was like really looking on YouTube for all this stuff because I'd always see products that I didn't have and then I would just assume that my products wouldn't do the same for me or that the technique would do me any different so I did feel disconnected from um my dad's side in that way because I just didn't know how to do my hair and kids at school would be like your frizzy hair your poofy hair because I had curly hair but I didn't know how to do it but having kids use those adjectives about my hair like poofy and frizzy it did bring an insecurity up that I was like oh well other girls do have this sleek and shiny hair and mine's a frizz ball and I never took it too deep like I straightened my hair once or twice a year just for fun I never felt pressured to do it but I did not I didn't like those comments I didn't appreciate my hair being called frizzy and poofy I was like if you want to say big and curly like I'm down with that But that was something I did notice at a young age that I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. I had different hair than everybody, but I'm also very fair skinned. My dad is, I would call my dad light skin. He's not. His his parents have a darker complexion than he does, but he got light out of nowhere. And so, of course, when you mix his light self with white it's gonna come out light (laughs) and that's what you got with me um so I didn't ever feel like um different based off of skin color which that's a whole like that's something that other people do go through and I if anything I felt weird even saying I was black because I felt so light um I was like do people even know like are they gonna accept me like I don't know I did feel kind of disconnected in that way as well but at the same time like it wasn't that big of a deal to me now one of the first times I ever to my own face 
experienced racism. I have two experiences from middle school. And then I went a long time without really experiencing it ever again. I got called a wigger. A white N-word. I'm not going to say it. It's not really in my vocabulary. I don't use the word. But I got called a wigger in seventh grade by a boy in my same grade and he thought it was so funny he told the whole class to call me that um like tried to hype the whole class to call me that at that age kids are trying to find any reason to cuss so they were kind of down to do it they felt like oh this is so cool we're calling her a name that's not a name but it fits her because she's white um she looks white um So that was like my first sign of racism and like I didn't want to show that it hurt my feelings but I was like okay we get it okay we get it that's enough like you're so cool you're so cool um yeah and I think kids don't realize their harmful words have an impact so that was kind of like okay that sucked and then I also experienced a grown man my seventh grade algebra algebra teacher, a grown man with a brain, went to college and everything, in front of the entire class, forgot my name and called me Bonquisha. And then later in that same class, called me Shanene. And I was like, what? And there's a power difference there. I'm a 12, 13-year-old kid, and you're a 40-year-old man. Like, I didn't really have the, like, it's like, the gut to, like, go up to him and say something. But I just kept reminding him, like, my name's Malia. My name's Malia. I answer to Malia. And that is the only thing I answer to. And I remember coming home from school that day, and before I could even tell my mom or my dad or anything, my friend was over with me. And she goes, are you going to tell your mom what Mr. Allen? Screw it. I'll say his name, Mr. Allen. If you know who that is, you know who that is. It's not the high school Mr. Allen for anyone who went to high school with me. This is from middle school. But did you hear what Mr. Allen called you? And um, are you going to tell him what Mr. Allen called you? And I told my mom and she wrote into the school. She called the school and that was strike one against him. Strike two against him as we were waiting outside after lunch for him to let us in the classroom. And he stood behind me like he went back to back with me. Like I kept trying to turn around. He was like, no, 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 stay like this. He went back to back with me, picked up all of my hair and put it on top of his head. And he goes, oh, I need a wig made out of this in front of the entire class. Like what? What? You could tell he didn't have a whole lot of experience with any person of color. Like, are you kidding me? This was a Caucasian man, by the way, if we didn't get that gist. So once my mom heard the news of the second incident with him, she was in the principal's office saying that I need to be removed from the classroom. And at the time, apparently there was no other math class that I could be placed in. They were all full or whatever so the assistant principal some type of admin in the school every single day for my period sat in on the class to make sure he behaved himself and he had to apologize in front of the whole class and then 
He never apologized privately to me. But he apologized in front of the whole class that he will only be calling people by their name listed on the roster. Um, which he kind of like, he like, he, without calling me out, he like called me out because everybody knew who he was talking to. And he went from like favoriting me to like, okay, that's fine. You could turn your homework in later to like, Malia, do you know the answer? Malia, do you know the answer? Like when he knew I didn't know the answer. It's like, why am I being punished for you having an inappropriate comment? So as far as experiencing any form of racism, those are my earliest memories. And I do think those words are harmful. I do think they suck and they stick with you and they really make you put certain things into perspective. Now, I will say, growing up mixed, a statement I can relate to and fully understand is being too black for the white kids and too white for the black kids. Not that it necessarily really plays out, but you feel it. I don't know why, but you feel it because you do relate to both sides. If you grew up with accepting both sides of your culture and everything being exposed to both sides, you do feel it because you understand the other side. And at least for being black and white, in my experience, they're polar opposite. And the racism between the two are high. White people in the past have not treated black people good. White people in the present haven't treated black people good. Um, And that's a stigma. That is, that's, that's not a stigma, that's the truth. There is, it's not everyone, it's not every single white person, but that is a thing. And then black people do have an automatic thought in their head towards certain white people, some white people. Um, so you feel like you're this middle ground, like how are you going to be accepted? Da, 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 da. For me, in my experience, I prefer a lot of black movies (laughs) not that there's a stigma like that you can be black and watch all types of movies but i love like love tyler perry movies i love me a medea movie rush hour like things like that like i love those type of comedies i love those movies where in my experience my mom's movies she was into like black and white movies and like father of the bride and um sound of music and not that that's everybody oh pride and prejudice don't get me started on how many times pride and prejudice was played in my household like i do not care we do not care so as far as like culture and jokes music type i felt like i related a lot more with my black friends with though like it was just those jokes were funnier to me like those scenarios like I felt and I understood um yeah that's random but it's just how I related to people you relate to people with things that you relate to I liked the food better I like soul food I like good home cooking you know like I these are just things that I grew up with that I noticed okay It's funny because even going down to like family um, parties, I've talked about this very briefly in a TikTok, but with my two sides, my dad's side and my mom's side, it's funny the difference. I love both of them to death. I would not 
pick one or the other. They're just two different experiences. They genuinely and truly are just two different experiences. One is not better than the other. But my mom's family, we talk about achievements. We talk about, I mean, I feel like we talk about that on both sides. You always want to update people on how you're doing boast about yourself boast about your family whatever but we definitely hold achievements and where are you how are you doing did you get that job things like that they also talk a lot of not politics like they'll joke at politics and stuff um but they'll talk about just like news um as far as whatever's whatever current event is happening right and then on my dad's side it's a lot more jokes. It's a lot more lighthearted. You are still talking about those achievements and life updates, of course. But then they're like more, I don't know what it is. Again, it's just my family and my experience. But they're just, they'll talk about like major current events, like ones that really were life changing or whatever. But we're not just sitting here talking about new laws and we're not just sitting here talking about the weather and stuff. They will like, talk about good old times and memories and that just brings more laughter into the room and stuff so it's just two different energies on my dad's side they're more open to playing card games playing board games drinking partying where it's more like on my mom's side it's just more of a let's share a meal together and spend quality time in that way and that can be for any different that could be to like if you're 100% black 100% white and you're not mixed at all it can still be like that so that's why it's like I don't know any different than the life that I lived the life that I live so not that all this stuff is relevant to being mixed it's just what I've been experienced to and because I'm mixed this is my mixed experience for holidays and stuff there's definitely different traditions um I always joked like I'm way more down for a, a Thanksgiving on dad's side because <laughs> I don't want the green bean casserole. I want the mac and cheese and yams with marshmallows, you know, like I would always joke about that. But um, yeah, there is just certain things that hit a little different um, as far as holidays go. My mom's family always has a big Christmas party. Now, mind you, with all of this being said, my mom's family, to be able to link up with my mom's family, it is about a 35 to 45 minute drive through LA to the other side of LA. For my dad's side, no one, and I repeat, no one lives down here in Southern California. All of my relatives either live in the Bay Area, Northern California, or out of state completely. And then like my grandma and my aunts and uncles and stuff are in Alabama. So it's not easy for me to spend time with them. I also have the most cousins my age on my dad's side. So I also relate to my dad's side more because I have more cousins in my age bracket. Um, But those cousins are far. Those cousins don't live close. Those cousins are a six-hour drive or a two-hour. I've never even flown up north. I've always just driven, so I don't know how long that flight is. Um, But yeah, they're not close. It's not a drive away. So where I was going with this is my mom's family who live close. um, 
they always host a Christmas party where the whole family gets together. There's multiple times in a year that we're all at grandma's house for her birthday or something like that. A lot more get-togethers more often. Even though now people are starting to move to different states and move farther away, my grandma is close, so it makes everyone come back to here. Not us having to travel to go see family. Most family comes here so that grandma doesn't have to travel, right? But for majority of my childhood, it would be that we would rotate Thanksgiving one year on mom's side, one year on dad's side, one year on mom's side, one year on dad's side, one year on mom's side, one year on dad's side. And that would be us driving up north, flying to Alabama and spending uh, time with that side, like that grandma for me um, was a lot in my childhood. I spent every single summer from three years old to 11 years old, every single summer, at least two full months, I got on a plane right when school got out with my two cousins up north who are my same age, like a year apart and a month apart. Um, We all with my sister got on a plane with my auntie out of the Bay Area and would fly to Alabama every single year. We would spend a month in Alabama at my great grandma's house, all of us. Um, and my grandma would fly from Detroit. Wait, my, yeah, we were staying at my great grandma's house and my grandma would fly on my dad's side. We're talking about my dad's side. I'm sorry, trying, trying to keep this all straight, right? So my dad's mom would fly from Detroit down to Alabama so that she would get to see her mother for a month as well as us get to see our great grandma and be surrounded by our cousins for a month. And then my grandma, we'd either drive up to Detroit or we'd fly from Alabama to Detroit and spend that second month up in Detroit and see our family that's up there. But once we left Alabama, we left all cousins our age. In Alabama, we had tons of family our age. When we would go to Detroit, it was a lot older cousins. So we were still around family, but I mean like a 10-year age gap, 15-year age gap. So it was just time for us to spend with my grandma and grandpa at their house and just to spend the summer with them since we didn't get to see them pretty much all year round. So that would be how I saw them. Every two years on my dad's side, pretty much my whole life, we had a family reunion. So... That would be us flying to Alabama and then my grandma, again, meeting us in Alabama and taking us all as a group, all of us that flew from California, we would all drive or fly to wherever the new family reunion spot was. And then we were seeing all the family from everywhere, from Chicago, from Atlanta, from South Carolina, from North Carolina. We were getting all the family together for these family reunions and it was really great. My parents rarely got to go because they would have to work and it was expensive to fly all of us out there. But that's how I grew up seeing okay, my Okay, so I did want to touch on something really quickly. I actually am editing the rest of the audio right now. And I'm realizing I talked a lot about my black experience as far as being mixed with my dad's side and how that was. But I did want to touch on my mom's side a little bit. Um, my mom is white. And she comes from a family of seven, seven siblings. And out of those seven siblings, majority married out of their race. 
majority of my cousins are mixed. So my family is very welcoming to new cultures, new races. They don't, it's a non-judgmental place, which I got lucky to experience that. I didn't have on either side, oh, well, you're marrying a black man or you're marrying a white woman. Like that never existed on either side as far as family hostility to the other race. When we have Christmas parties and stuff on my mom's side, it's Filipino food. Like it's, we got a little bit of everything. I have a cousin who's mixed black and white as well on my mom's side. We have all colors of the rainbow. My mom growing up just always talked about how my grandma was taking people in and didn't care about their background. If they needed help in their situation, my grandma was there to pick them up. Just like a racist bone doesn't even exist in my grandparents' bodies. So their kids radiate and share love with pure hearts. I think that's beautiful. I think that's something that I'm grateful for experiencing and thankful to have um, because I didn't have it be a judgmental situation, which I know families that are like that. One of my friends from my childhood um, was mixed and her, her she was black and white and neither side accepted the other. So when it came to family events, she had a relationship with both of her grandparents, but the two families could never mix because they were so judgmental towards the other side that it didn't work. And like, she would get picked at as like, oh, you're this you're that and that's that side of you that's that side of you that would do something like that and it's like oh no 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 like I couldn't imagine experiencing that on a day-to-day because family is so big for me and I love how big our family is how accepting how welcoming and I don't know I just wanted to add that because I know I spent a lot of time talking about my dad's side but I do have a great white side as well pulls us over when my dad is driving And puts him on the head, the front of the car, the cop car. Pulls him out. Makes all of us get out. Wants to look inside and is looking all in the windows. Like this is so suspicious. This black family traveling cross country in this RV. Again, no ticket because we did absolutely nothing wrong. But two times while being in Texas, we were harassed by police. That was my first experience, seeing police unfairly treat black people firsthand. In in those moments of seeing all this go down, I'm with my cousin, who's my same age, and we're like, wow, look at the fear in our dad's eyes. That spoke louder than anything. But not only that, both times my mom was the one to answer the door because you can't just roll down your window. You have to answer the door. It's an RV. And my mom was so quick and moving around and, hi, officer. Hi. My dad is freaking out, telling her, move slower, calm down, calm down, move slower. Don't do any sudden motions. My dad's still sitting in the driver's seat. 
He had already handed my mom his driver's license, the insurance, the registration for the RV, and he stayed with his hands on his lap. That fear that I saw that night spoke so loud to me. I was like, wow. Because up until then, when I thought of a police officer, I thought about feeling safe and that nothing could go wrong because now I'm safe. I won't be robbed. I won't be kidnapped. I won't, you know, the cops are there to keep everything calm. It wasn't until then that I saw that my dad and my family's blackness is what scared these cops because his hand was on his gun the entire time talking to both my uncle and my dad. And that was the first time I ever experienced anything like that. And then after that, I got curious. So I was asking my parents and to hear that my mom and dad got pulled over over a handful of times just for the cop to pull my mom, pull my dad out of the car and then go to my mom's window and ask her, we just wanted to make sure you were doing okay in here with your daughter. Like I was in the car, I was a baby. And the cops are pulling them over just because it is a black man driving a white woman, making sure she's okay and not being held hostage. Never a ticket. Never a ticket. Because nothing was wrong ever. It was all these shady check-ins. Wow, we need to do better. My dad had told me stories. Trust me, he had lots of stories being a black man growing up in Detroit. The amount of times he was thrown on the sidewalk, thrown on the hood of a hot car on a summer day, like, absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, all I can say is we need to do better. We need to do better. Don't stop fighting. Don't, like, everyone's, like, everyone can do better. Everyone can do better. Good cops can do better. Bad cops need to just stop being cops. (laughs) But everyone can do better. It's been a struggle for me when I hear my friends wanting to be cops that's a touchy subject um I've had friends that I've grown up with uh all through high school and I was really close with their families their brother was the one to teach me to shoot a gun because he was a cop and then uh the summer of 2020 he was on the front line of defending and making sure the riots didn't go out of control. And he's posting very vulgar things. And I'm reaching out saying, I felt safe around you and now I don't. And blocking people on social media. And then hearing my best friend wants to be a cop. And my best friend at the time. Uh, this has definitely been damaging to our friendship. To almost dwindle it away to nothing. But also it's just... You, some people grow out of each other, and that's what this was for us. Because it's not that I can't couldn't be friends with a cop. That's not the thing, because there are good cops out there. And if anything, we need good cops out there. We need good cops to outnumber bad cops. We need good cops to fill bad cops' places. We need good cops. But I need to know that you're a good cop. I need to know where your mental's at. I need to know what you would do in this situation. I need to know how you feel if you were approached by this. I need to know what you would do if you're stationed in a predominantly black area. I need to know these things to be able to still sit there and call you my friend. And trust me, when I say I'm picking her brain about it every time I see her, 
And sometimes I hear answers that I'm very proud of. And sometimes I hear answers that make me a little scared. And I definitely think that training process needs to be a whole lot more thorough. I think the tests need to be a whole lot more thorough. I don't even know. I really don't know what the system could really truly do. But we need to start being better humans first. First and foremost, just be good humans. I know cops out there have their whole own little circle, their whole little family and support of one another. And I definitely think all the cop, like everyone in jobs needs support by their coworkers. But I think we really need to start calling out our friends who aren't doing the best jobs and putting people in check and picking people's brains a little deeper. Because you never know, you're, you guys are running into danger. You're running into the, the thick of it. You can't get scared very easily. So like, you need to stop getting scared, especially when you're the one that holds the weapon. Um, yeah, I have so much to say. That's like a whole nother video. But we were talking about growing up mixed. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Okay? It's not an all lives matter situation. Black lives matter. We're talking about black lives right now because they're the ones struggling in this situation. I do want to end a little more lightheartedly because people say they come to watch me as their comfort. People say they come to me to watch me as they're picking me up in something positive for the day. So I do want to turn things around a little bit and I do want to end on... Growing up mixed and not understanding how to do my hair. I know I talked about this a little bit earlier, but growing up mixed and not knowing how to do my hair. This was for a few reasons. One, when my dad's side, my black side cousins and stuff were showing me hair products or showing me ways to do my hair. My hair is not type 4C, type 4D. And that's what type of curls they had so their techniques their products weren't going to work for me my mom's side used head and shoulders shampoo and conditioner with a comb and a brush and that was it that's that's not going to work for me either I have a middle on the middle ground I am a 3c curl type of person and because I wasn't surrounded by that I didn't really see how to do my hair salons were confused when I walked in they would charge me extra if it was a white salon because of my texture and the amount of hair that I had and when I'd be in Alabama and my grandma would send me to the black hair salon they'd be like oh this wow this is this is different this is a lot like they were applying too much heat to my hair and giving me heat damage if I did anything with heat I was also not used to getting my hair braided in cornrows, so then I was super tender-headed, but my grandma also didn't really know what to do with my hair. My grandma only ever had one son, so she wasn't doing little girl's hairs. She permed her hair all the time, so she really just didn't know what she was doing. My mom was trying to learn how to braid and everything, and she did have us in cute hairstyles, protective styles, but as far as learning my curls, it took me a really long time to learn my curls. Still to this day, I'm learning my curls. Right now, one of my biggest journeys on TikTok is learning how to do my baby hairs. I don't think I have them. I, I try 
every time I do a hairstyle to incorporate my baby hairs. I don't think I have them. My sister has them. I don't think I have them. So mine's like a me messing around with adult hairs trying to make it look good. But yeah, I don't know how to braid to this day. Um, so that was just a little struggle that I went through growing up mixed. I really enjoyed sharing my story with you. Um, I just want to remind everybody that everyone does have different stories. We've only walked our life. We only know our side. Um, thank you for having a safe place to let me share my experience of growing up mixed. Um, next week I want to talk about confidence. I get that question a lot. Um, I don't think I have the guide to confidence, um, but I can share whatever tips I have with you. If you want to write in to next week's episode, make sure you're following me at the Malia Elaine and following me on TikTok at Malia Elaine. And I always post something for a weekly write-in and you can always DM me situations and you can be featured anonymously and get some tips and advice. But I'm just a 22-year-old girl living my life. All right, guys, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.